It's really good to be with you this morning. Uh, the snow is on the ground outside. I was told a joke earlier on. Uh, why did the polar bear have trouble eating the penguin? Because he couldn't get the wrapper off it, apparently. So. <laughs> they asked my only joke. That's why I don't tell jokes, because I'm not that good at it. But. Uh, it's really good to be with you. And in my translation, it said the Greeks came to see Jesus. But in that reading we had from John's Gospel, it talks about... People who have heard about Jesus or might have heard him speaking and distant, but they want to know more. What is this strange person? Who is he? And so they go up to Philip and say, who is this person? And when they see him and hear him speak, he starts talking in ways that perhaps they're thinking, oh, what's this about? He says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies. It remains just a single grain, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. What's this man talking about, they probably thought. Certainly that sort of imagery appeals to me because we have quite a good garden at the vicarage. Um, it needs a bit of work doing to it, um, so, but we like gardening, so that's good. I love gardening, I love the different colours, shapes and textures. But there is something sad about putting a shiny, bright conker into wet, damp soil. But if I do, an amazing tree can grow out of it. And then this tree that grows has amazing sticky buds, which in turn must burst and change and fall away to allow leaves to grow and for the tree to flourish. To live is to grow, is to change. And those who wish to keep things as they are all the time face decay. If something is alive, it will always be changing. And so Jesus talks about transformation, transformation from a grain of wheat to then a new seedling where the old shape has gone and the husk has rotted away. Of course, there are other transformations where wheat can be ground into flour and made into bread, but then that is just a finite thing, it goes. But the transformation that Jesus is talking about is the seed that is planted. And if it's planted well, brings forth more grain. If we don't plant that seed, and if we keep that nice shiny conquer on the side, perhaps, it will lose its shine, it will deteriorate, it will decay, it will rot away, and nothing else will come from it. It will go mouldy, might start smell, smelling unpleasant, and won't be any use except for the compost heap. But a seed that allows itself to be planted, to acknowledge its transforming, allows much more to grow and produce. The strong, tall ears of wheat, one moment waving in the wind, will be cut down in an instant. But the image of the grain of wheat which must die to produce the harvest is powerful and shows how much Jesus is now aware of what lies ahead. He knows the authorities are getting more and more irate, impatient and plain angry with what he's been doing and saying. Jesus is turning their comfortable world upside down. And they want to get rid of the one who dares to give the people a new perspective on life. He has been running risks for quite a while, saying things and doing things roundabout. But the raising of Lazarus, well, that was perhaps a step too far. That gift of new life out of death. The daring to do what only God could do. The Pharisees and the temple authorities knew that this man had to go. 
And so we've been hearing quite often through John's Gospel and the other stories about Jesus saying, my time has not yet come, especially when he was at the wedding at Cana. What is it to do with me? My time has not yet come. And he's been avoiding arrest thus far because his time has not yet come. But now, now is the time. Now is the time when Jesus must succumb to whatever is before him. Because it is only by doing what God needs of him that the glory of God will truly be revealed. Now is the time. Now is the hour. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And Jesus says, I am lifted up from the earth and will draw all people to myself. A new start. The grain of wheat falls, but something new comes out of it. As Richard was saying, that reading from Jeremiah has told us how the people were in need of a new start. God says he will make a new covenant with his people. Not one that can be broken as the people of God are quite good at breaking covenants. He says the law will be written on their hearts. It will be inside. It will be embedded. It will be the centre of how we are as human beings. We cannot survive without our hearts pumping blood, oxygen, nutrients to all our cells. Our hearts allow life. And if we have God's words written on them, then we are alive in spirit as well as in body. So how are we to see this covenant? How are we to change our fickle ways? Jesus, God's own son, lived amongst us. And he died for us so that we would know that God knows us firsthand. That he is the father who wants the best for us. Jesus came to teach us that if we all know him, we will know his saving forgiveness because he will forgive our iniquity and remember our sins no more. So to know this full forgiveness, how can it make a difference to our lives? Jesus says those who love their lives lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honour. So, we must keep our eyes on Christ. We must keep it in our sight so that we can follow in his footsteps. In following him, we may end up in places that we're not sure about. We may end up where we're not happy, perhaps, but comfortable. But Christ will walk with us. God will not leave us. If we know Christ, we are close to the Father and the Father will be glorified in what we do. So we need to always draw closer to Christ. Hear his word, follow his example and be prepared to help shoulder his cross. When we see the news headlines, our hearts will bleed. When we see need, our hearts will ache. If we see cruelty and compassion in equal measure, so our task is to ensure that compassion overpowers the cruelty. 
We must be prepared to put our own needs as secondary if we are to put our efforts into making the world a better place. Indeed, in making God's world a better place. A place of equality, respect, care for the underprivileged and ignored. So how are we going to make that difference this Lent and Easter? How are we going to be the people God wants us to be? The people who appreciate that special covenant God makes with us. Now is the time of judgment. The Redeemer is here. He gives his life to redeem ours. Jesus' compassion knows no limits. And he gives his life so that we could all be saved. If we, need to, if we want to know eternal life, we need to look at the actions of Jesus, the Redeemer, the compassionate Saviour. We need to have his compassion. Be prepared to give. To give that compassion to others, no matter what it costs us. Because that price is small in comparison to saving the world and God's people. Today we must be ready, ready for action, ready to stand with Christ, ready to know him better and then know God better. So today we are gathered as his children, as loved ones, so that we can gather in those who are lost, so that they can find a new life in Christ. Jesus fulfills that new covenant in his person and his obedience to God. His followers, as the Israelites, fall short of this. We fall short so often. But the Jeremiah passage seems as a precious hope for a future kind of existence in which all mankind will love what God commands and desires what he promises. And one of the forces most likely to bring about this change is the self-giving love in the passion of Jesus. Jesus opens the door of hope to many. But if we are to find this hope, we must be prepared to give up the everyday concerns and preoccupations of the life we live. Give up those everyday issues that would distract us from following Christ and honouring the Father. We need to be ready to take up the cross that Jesus bore and died upon. But in dying with Christ, we gain a life that is full and renewing. A life that allows the compassionate Christ to be known and seen in the way we live and act. Today we see those glorified in our world. Faces in newspapers, reports of everyone's world... We glorify huge salaries and a trail of photographers follow celebrities. But God's Son breaks through the barrier between heaven and earth. As we hear God's voice, we need to turn away from those distractions, listen for God in the various sounds of the world, hearing his voice in singing, in music, in whispers, in the laugh of a child or the cry of a widow, if we listen attentively enough. 
We need to tune in to God. Jesus shows us the way, how we can hear and be at one with God with the help of the Spirit. But we must put aside our own noisy preoccupations, giving up ourselves to God as Jesus gave up himself. Today, we need to be that seed that falls to the ground, that falls to the ground and allows creation to take its course so that new growth and new life can emerge when the season comes round. When the time is right, God will use the seeds that have been planted and the redeeming work of Christ will grow for us to encounter but more importantly, for others to encounter and to engage with. So that when the Greeks or the stranger or the one who just does not know Christ comes and says, we want to see Jesus, we want to hear him, we can point and we can show them who Christ is, the compassionate Redeemer. Amen. Amen.